It can happen when we're spreading it on toast, crumpets, buns, baguettes and bales, or icing your favourite Christmas cake or birthday cake. Whatever you're topping, and have you got enough on your spreading implement to go the distance? If you're like me, and you dig into the jar with your knife and start spreading the Vegemite as thick as you can, like you're spreading out concrete, only to find that you get about three quarters of the way through the geography of the piece of toast, and you find out you haven't got enough. And then you have to make this decision. Do I, do I go a little bit thinner? No, that's just a bridge too far. I've got to go back for more. So you go back to the source, to the jar, and you dive in for some more of your spread. Which has me wondering, how do you go when it comes to spreading joy? Let me pray. Jesus, as we take some time to delve into your word, as we've been journeying through this Christmas season of Advent, and as today we focus on joy, Lord, may you renew in us a joy of our salvation in you. And Lord, for those that don't know firsthand the joy of what it means to have a personal relationship with you, would you quicken in them a desire, a hunger, a thirst to know more about what it means to be a follower of you, Jesus, our Saviour. Amen. I think most people would acknowledge that it's been a tough few years that we've had around the world. Financial markets have taken a hit. Inflation is on the increase. The RBA is putting up interest rates again and again. There's the war in Ukraine and the recovery from the COVID lockdowns just seems to be taking so much longer than what we'd ever hoped or dreamed. Endless scrolling through bad news on social media or doom scrolling, as they've called it, has become an increasingly common thing during the COVID-19 pandemic. And the challenge is that at this Christmas time, it can be little more than a sugar hit in a time of challenge. But despite what the hipsters think, when we consider the context of the first Christmas, we actually find that rather than being just a simple sugar hit or some kitsch sort of thing, the birth of Jesus is the ultimate reason for joy in troubled times. The Jewish people had their homeland invaded by a foreign power and their leadership and their worship systems were compromised by foreign actors influencing the heart of the nation. The divide between the rich and the poor seemed ever to widen. Then the religious establishment was tainted with the abuse of power and corruption. Animals that were brought for the Jewish sacrifice at the temple were deemed by um, the, the priests at the, at the gate to be defective and then sold to another person, unsuspecting of what was happening in a few people down the line. The Roman currency was also deemed to be unfit for use in the temple, and so it was exchanged for temple currency at inflated prices. 
people for generations were desperate for change and took matters into their own hands at times, trying to overthrow a succession of corrupt governments and foreign powers. Into this tough time came a message of hope, a message of peace, a message of joy. In Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 12, we read this in the New Living Translation. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from the eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and the teachers of the religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem, in Judea, they said. And skipping down, then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men and he learned from them the time when the, the star first appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so I can worship him too. Verse 9, after this interview, the wise men went their way and the star that they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they offered their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. And when it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. Innocent questions from wise men triggered a paranoid ruler and his bloodthirsty hold on power. Yet amid tough times, joy was found. These wise men travelled some 1,500 kilometres in a pilgrimage over months to see if what they believed to be true was in fact true. And on finding Mary, Joseph and Jesus, they found confirmation that this child was indeed the newborn king of the Jews. Joy was experienced and an outpouring of worship was expressed as they gave their precious gifts to the king of the Jews. But they were not alone in their experience of joy, nor was it an exclusive possession of the religious elite or the learned in their doctorates and degrees. From the outskirts of town, on the margins of society, were the stockmen, farmhands doing their night shift working for minimum wage. But joy was not exclusive, nor was it meant to be elusive. Yahweh God wanted those who were the most educated through to those on the margins to join in the celebration of joy. Eugene Peterson's paraphrase of Luke chapter 2 verses 1 to 20 puts it like this. 
There were shepherds camping, uh, sheep herders camping in the neighbourhood. They had set night watches over the sheep. Suddenly God's angels stood among them and God's glory blazed around them. They were terrified. The angels said, don't be afraid. Here, I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everybody worldwide. A saviour has just been born in David's town. A saviour who is Messiah and Master. This is what you were to look for. A baby wrapped in a blanket, lying in a manger. At once the angel was joined by a huge um, angelic choir singing God's praises. Glory to God in the highest heavens. Peace to all men and women on earth who please him. Verse 15 goes on to say, As the angelic choir withdrew into heaven, the sheep herders talked it over. Let's go over to Bethlehem as fast as we can to see for ourselves what God has revealed to us. They left running and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. Seeing was believing. They told everyone they met what the angels had said about this child. All who heard the sheep herders were impressed. Mary kept all these things to herself holding them dear, deep within herself. The sheep herders returned and let loose, glorifying and praising God for everything that they had heard and seen. It turned out exactly the way they had been told. Joy. Not just for the affluent, the educated elite, but for the poor, for the marginalised. A joyful event for everybody worldwide. But this joyful event was not about a denial of the tough times or about the poverty that people faced. This joy was not about some sort of a sugar hit type of joy that fades as fast as it comes on. That's not the joy that Yahweh God brings through the birth of Jesus and offers us today. As Proverbs 15 verse 23 says, everyone enjoys a fitting reply. It is wonderful to say the right thing at the right time. This message of the birth of the Saviour was a reply that the world needed as they questioned. The questions were buzzing around for them. Where is God? How can this happen? When will things be put right? How will we make it through? to the questions of sin, guilt and shame. How do we deal with the strains of life? I can't seem to shake free from the stain of sin in my life. I'm not the person that I long to be. How can I live life well? You discover joy when you find answers that just make sense. That in the birth of the Messiah, King Jesus, the Saviour of the world, the wrongs will be made right. The life lived well will be lived by following Jesus. When the reply just fits so well. So often in the world today, the sugar hit solution that is dished out by society is to pretend that the questions aren't there to be asked, that they don't exist at all or that we suffocate the questions, drowning it out in this 
or by consuming that. The modernist suggests that the answers can be found in science, with technology, with power, with structure, with what we create. The postmodernist suggests that the answer is in whatever you like. Because there's no real answer for all or for one. The Christian echoes the answer that the angels sang out. The questions that you have deep are real and are not to be denied. And the answer is not to be drowned out by the stuff of life, but by the person, the creator of all life. Don't be afraid. I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everyone worldwide. A saviour has been born in David's town. A saviour who is Messiah and Master. Joy is not about denying or drowning out the questions, but by finding the answer that fits. We can also mistakenly think that in the tough times that God is absent. And while some tough times are self, um, self-inflicted, other tough times, and I suspect all tough times, are opportunities for God to be at work in us and through us. To strengthen and grow us, to see us become all the best that we can be, to live life well, perfect and complete. Not craving the sugar hit Christmas, but the true Christmas of the Son of God born in the toughest of circumstances and in troubled times. James refers to this sort of joy that we find in Jesus as it works in and through us in tough times. James chapter 1 verses 2 to 4 it says this, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, it will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Craving for the quick fix is no substitute for the joy that is found in Jesus, who wants to help you to be perfect and complete. The joy that that doesn't look at trouble um, and and see it as all-consuming, but looks beyond trouble to the horizon ahead. The joy that looks to the promises that Jesus fulfills and that Jesus will bring to completion when he comes again. Joy that is found in and testifies to the fact that sin, greed, guilt, shame, hate, anger, rage are not victorious. That the best is yet to come. Peter, one of the first followers of King Jesus, had this to say in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 12. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. 
Now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled and beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine, that it is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Through your faith is more, though your faith is more precious than mere gold. So when you remain, uh, so when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honour on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Now get this. You love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice and with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. This salvation was something even the prophets wanted to know more about when they prophesied about this gracious salvation prepared for you. They wondered what time or situation the Spirit of Christ within them was talking about when he told them in advance about Christ's suffering and his great glory afterwards. I can almost imagine them on their tippy toes, leaning forward as they're thinking about this stuff. They were told that their message were not for themselves but for you. And now this good news has been announced to you by those who preach it um, in the power of the Holy Spirit from, from, uh, sent from heaven. It is also wonderful that the, even the angels are eagerly watching these things happening. I can imagine the angels peering back, peeling back the, the things that um, help to hinder the view and they're peeling that back and looking with delight about this salvation taking place. Joy, because this is not the end. Sin will not have the final word. Inflation does not have the final word. Wars and COVID does not have the final word. We see in Jesus the fulfilment of God's promises that he will be victorious. So this Christmas, when there is more toast than spread, this Christmas, when you find joy starting to go thin, and the joy you carry starts to run out. This Christmas, in the days and weeks ahead, you can choose. You can choose for go, to go for the quick sugar hit uh, version of joy. You can reach for denial. You can drown out the troubles in whatever is your go-to. By being busy, by pretending. Or this Christmas... When joy starts getting thin, you can go back to the source of pure, of true joy. You can remember that, that very first Christmas in a time of trouble and pain, 
when egos and power, when poverty and challenges were just as real as they are today and in the days, weeks and years to come, we can remember that troubles will not win. Anger and hate will not beat us or defeat us. That there is hope, that there is joy that we can find in King Jesus. Born in troubled times. But Jesus came to make a way for us to have a restored relationship with Yahweh God. And that in Jesus and in his coming again, he will make things right and all wars and troubles will cease. Justice will come and the fullness of God's love will be experienced for all who love him and call him King and Lord. So when it comes to spreading joy this Christmas, remember, when it starts to feel like it's going a bit thin, remember, go back to the source of pure, of true joy. That way, you'll never run out. Let me pray. Jesus, the, the nativity scenes can betray the truth. The, the imagery in the windows and the advertising of t on TV can betray the truth that in that first Christmas there was trouble and strife. And that is why you came. And in our lives today, when we experience troubles and strife, Help us to remember that first Christmas. That you came to make things right. Help us to be a part of that. The mission of God. The mission that was, that was set out through your birth, through your death, through your resurrection. And help us to express the joy the deep joy that we have in you, not the sugar-hit joy, but the deep joy in troubled times that we can find in you because this is not the end, that there is a future hope for us and for all those who love you and call you Lord. Amen. So how might we respond today? I wonder, in what areas are you feeling troubled in life how might god how might jesus want you to endure in those troubled times what distracts you from going back to the source of joy that is found in jesus and where is the holy spirit prompting you to spread joy at this time there's going to be some music played, and as the music's played, I encourage you to take some time to um, pull out those response cards, or for those at home, um, you can use the chat function, or for those that are listening to the recording or watching the recording, you can feel free to message us as well. We'd love to hear from you. Let's use this time to respond to the things that God's saying to us today. God bless you. Mm -hmm.